Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. This is David Chapin. We are a week away from Thanksgiving. Things are really picking up around the league. Strong Week 11 schedule, especially the primetime matchups. But before we get to every game, let's start with four teams on the bye. First, I want to talk about the Patriots. On the bye now at 2-8. and eight. As I said, I believe in the preseason episode and in the season preview on wolfsports.com, the concern with them was the offensive line. I think that's been the root of the issue for them paired with the injuries on defense, although the defense still continues to play well and the offense just has been pretty hapless. Last week looked like they should have had a go-ahead touchdown to Mike Isicki late, and Mac Jones underthrew the ball a lot. I don't know if he short-armed it or whatever, but it was intercepted, and then the Patriots went with Bailey Zappi when they got the ball back after the defense was able to get a stop. And Zappi threw an interception into triple coverage trying to make something happen at the end of the game. So a 10-6 loss, that was in Germany. Now they're on their bye. Again, I had them just missing the playoffs entering the year, and the offensive line was a concern, but I certainly did not expect this type of start. They've had a few tight losses. They could be 4-5 and five or whatever right now if some things went their way. Of course, you can say that for a lot of teams, and they just simply haven't been good enough. And recently when the report came out that Belichick had a contract extension, I didn't think he'd be leaving the Patriots. But I also didn't think it would keep going downhill like this to where they're now 2-8. and eight. Mood seems to have changed some with NFL Network's Ian Rappaport now saying that the contract extension was for through next season. So not quite as long as I thought it might be, as it was reported a few weeks ago by Rappaport. And Rappaport, who seems to definitely have good sources with the Patriots, indicates it seems like that they might part ways at the end of the season so definitely up in the air more up in the air than i thought and just looking way ahead i'm sure belichick is hoping to get his team competitive and finish strong which could maybe change things but if he does leave i think keep an eye on the chargers as the potential landing spot for him if they part ways with head coach brandon staley who's under fire heavily from fans right now we'll go a little quicker through the other three teams on a bye this week, the Colts, the team that beat the Patriots last week, 5-5 five and five now, entering their bye. As I've said all year, Shane Steichen's done a great job in year one, losing Anthony Richardson. He's riding Jonathan Taylor. I thought maybe that wouldn't be the case, maybe looking ahead to next year a little bit. Utilize Zach Moss, but they're trying to win games, get in the playoffs, and Taylor had a heavy workload last week. The defense, of course, facing the Patriots helped but a major step forward for them after giving up over 37 points each of the previous three games. The Falcons are on their bye. Another close loss last week to the Cardinals in Kyler Murray's debut. Tight losses have been a theme the past two years under Arthur Smith. If they can find a quarterback at some point, franchise quarterback, clear franchise guy, that'll help there, I think, in getting close wins in a tight league. And then finally, the Saints. Disappointing performance against the Vikings last week. Jameis Winston came in for Derek Carr, who left due to the concussion protocol. Winston nearly let him back. I like how he gave his receivers, including Chris Olave, who made a nice catch in the end zone, opportunities to make plays. The Saints also at 5-5. Five and five. They're leading the NFC South, entering the bye. And we'll see if they can go on a run when they get back. Now let's go through the Week 11 schedule, starting with Thursday Night Football. One of the best TNF games of the year, Bengals against the Ravens. 
both teams coming off losses for Baltimore. They looked in total control most of the game against Cleveland. Then the Browns cut it to 31-24 in the fourth quarter. A pick six thrown by Lamar Jackson to Greg Newsom, And then Cleveland was able to win in the end on a last-second field goal. The three losses for the Ravens have been extremely tight. They've led the season all but 28 minutes, which is insane through 10 games. The other four teams in the past four decades in the top five of leading, or least amount of time, trailing in the first 10 games, all started 10-0. and 0. So that's an indication the Ravens, I guess you can say a little bit of bad luck, haven't closed out some games. They'll look to get on track tonight. Facing a Bengals team that lost to CJ Stroud and the Texans last week. Uncharacteristically, Joe Burrow threw two late interceptions. That didn't help. The defense took a step back from their strong play the previous three games. Not having T. Higgins didn't help. They'll be without him again tonight. But Trey Hendrickson is going to play through his knee injury. And these two teams know each other well, of course, in the AFC North. Moving to Sunday, the Cowboys face the Panthers. Dallas, they almost look like like my flag football intramural college team last week with the way they played against the Giants against when we played like inferior opponents. And you could just bomb the ball. That's what Dak Prescott was doing all afternoon against the Giants. He has 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, past three games. Defense handled their side of the ball as you would expect last week. But I'm a bit surprised they're only right now 10.5 point favorites. It's on the road at Carolina. But maybe a tricky line. I don't know. Maybe a trap game ahead of Thanksgiving. I was just a bit surprised by that Vegas line. For Carolina, they lost last Thursday night to the Bears. Close loss. And I think Brian Baldinger, he said it best in a post on X, like, can somebody explain the Panthers' offense to me? There just doesn't seem to be any identity at all, which is pretty much what I've been saying for weeks, not putting Bryce Young in a good spot to have success. And now after the short stretch with Thomas Brown, offense coordinator, calling the plays, Frank Reich is taking back over, apparently knowing his back's against the wall to get a second year with the Panthers. Steelers face the Browns. Two six and three teams in the AFC North. Really intense division, obviously, and we have the Thursday night game. So we'll be interesting to see how things look after week 11. For Cleveland, Deshaun Watson is done for the year. Another shoulder injury. This one separate from the other ones. A fracture in his shoulder. Getting surgery done for the year. They're going with Dorian Thompson Robinson, rookie out of UCLA. Over PJ Walker, the veteran. This week against the Steelers, I watched a lot of DTR at UCLA. And the thing about him, he's very streaky. When he's hot as a passer, he can be very accurate. So we'll see if Kevin Stefanski and the Browns can help him be consistent. And if you watch the preseason, he definitely made some plays as a dual threat. Again, that can get hot as a passer when he's on. For Pittsburgh, just finding ways to win two straight weeks where the defense made an interception. Up four points, potential go-ahead drive for the opposing offense. And the Steelers' defense come through. They're playing a lot through Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. At running back, they get Pat Freemuth back at tight end. And we'll have to keep an eye on Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward. The status of them, Fitzpatrick's been out the past two games. And it would be a boost if they could get him back for this matchup. Another divisional matchup. This one, the NFC North, the Bears face the Lions. Justin Fields expected back for Chicago. The Bears went 2-2 two and two without him. 
Okpa is out due to his thumb injury. They're three and three in the past six after an 0 4 start. So some good things going with Matt Eberflus. Again, beat the Panthers last week. Defense is pretty stout against the run, and they'll be tested this week against the Lions with Dave Montgomery, their former running back, and Jameer Gibbs, who both went off against the Chargers last week. Jared Goff had an outstanding game in the shootout win. I like the mindset we've seen from Jameson Williams. We haven't gotten statistical production, but he had a touchdown callback last week on a quick screen, and then later in the game, he helped spring Montgomery for the 75-yard touchdown run. Zoomed to catch up with Montgomery and took out two Chargers defenders. So he's been unselfish, and a lot of the Lions guys seem to be like that and a big part of why they're 7-2 and and have built something really strong under Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Chargers face the Packers. Just talked about the shootout loss for the Chargers to the Lions. They scored touchdowns in their final five drives. Every drive in the final 40 minutes of the game, teams I think I saw were 21-0 doing that, yet the Chargers lost the defense facing a tougher opponent than they had faced. I guess came back down to earth a little bit, and there's been some inconsistency on offense too, but last week's game was almost like if you follow the MLB at all and you're on Twitter X, you've seen posts about like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani combined for six hits and three homers, and the Angels lose 11-5. to It kind of felt like that last week with the way Herbert and the offense played in the loss. The Packers now 3-6. They've been close in some games. Again, had a shot to win it last week against the Steelers. A pass intended for Christian Watson in the end zone was intercepted. That's been, I think, the most disappointing part of the season for Green Bay. The connection between Jordan Love and Christian Watson, who made a ton of big plays as a rookie, just hasn't been there. We're seeing good things from the run game now with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And we'll see if the passing attack can get more going facing a Chargers defense that struggled there this season. The Cardinals face the Texans. Arizona coming off a win against the Falcons in Kyler Murray's season debut. And I really like what I saw from Murray. The running was there, had a touchdown on a zone read play. It was funny. He said, I guess, like the defense didn't think he could run or something and hadn't had a read like that since, I guess, early in his career. Had a key run to pick up first down game-winning drive the deep ball nearly connected with marquise brown for a touchdown but it looked really good he was throwing the ball extremely well in his first game and he seems to have injected a nice jolt to the arizona offense and with the way they played tough and competitive under jonathan gannon i think they could string together some wins down the stretch will be a fun one with murray returning to texas playing the Texans 5-4. and four. As stated, beat the Bengals last week. C.J. Stroud had a bad interception in the fourth quarter late, but he bounced back from it. And has been really tremendous. It just continues. His stellar play as a rookie, getting MVP up now. And is definitely, again, as I've said, surpassed my expectations as a rookie. And the defense for D'Amico Ryans, the two interceptions of Joe Burrow late in the game, they're beginning to look a lot like Sort of the unit that Ryans was the coordinator for with the Niners and a promising start under Ryans, obviously, right in the playoff mix in the AFC. Also for Arizona, I should mention Trey McBride, second-year tight end, had another exceptional game last week. Key catch late, deep down the field from Kyler Murray. Murray seems to have confidence in him, and he seems to be building more confidence by the week, emerging as a top target for the Cardinals. 
Titans faced the Jaguars. Tennessee ran into a pretty underrated defense. They've had some bad games, but the Bucks can be tough with how stout they can be. They shut down Derrick Henry and Will Lewis, and the passing attack couldn't get much going. Defense only gave up 20 points, but the offense, really, they couldn't do much without getting the run game established. The Jags, also pretty tough defense. Henry's had success against them throughout his career, of course. But Jacksonville coming off a brutal loss to the Niners were blown out. Didn't get Travis Etienne going on the ground. Didn't get anyone going, really. Definitely in a funk offensively. I think the knee injury for Trevor Lawrence might be limiting what they want to do a little bit. But they can run a lot of Etienne and play to the defense, especially this week, I think, as they look to get back on track after the loss to the Niners. The Raiders face the Dolphins. Vegas now 2-0 under Antonio Pierce after the Sunday night win. Against the Jets, linebacker Robert Spillane had a clutch late interception with the Jets driving. It's interesting, the NBC broadcast, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth noted that Pierce said that Spillane and then Josh Jacobs on the offensive side of the ball were told by him that they're, the, they're his building blocks. And Spillane's made a lot of plays this season. Had a couple of interceptions on Monday night earlier in the year in the win over the Packers. They've run Jacobs a ton, got Devontae Adams more involved last week. Finally, after a shocking cold stretch for him statistically, he had 86 yards against that tough Jets defense, and they'll need the Stars to step up facing the Dolphins this week. Miami coming off their bye, coming off a close loss to the Chiefs in Germany. Star rookie running back Devin Achan is back from his knee injury. Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill should both be healthier after they were getting a bit banged up. I'm sure they want to make it somewhat of a track meet, and the Raiders might want to shorten the game, try to run Jacobs a lot, and see if they could win in the end, like they did last week. Final 1 o'clock game, Giants face the Commanders. For New York, the injuries have just killed them. Tommy DeVito, an undrafted rookie quarterback, he's certainly going to show grit and everything, but in, he's in a tough spot. I'm not surprised they were blown out by the Cowboys last week. This should be more winnable. They beat the Commanders 14-7 to earlier this season. We'll see if the defense can have a major bounce back from last week and have a similar type of performance this time around in Washington. Commanders now 4-6. and six. Close loss at Seattle last week. Sam Howell again showed good things. He continues to impress. I still want to see Jahan Dotson more consistently involved. I think I saw he ran the most routes for Washington last week, but he didn't have a catch. That was surprising. And the defense, we need to see more from the interior of Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, two very highly paid defensive tackles. And this could be a week for the defense to have a strong outing and get to five and six and maybe go on a run. Moving to the late afternoon games on Sunday, there's three of them. Bucks face the Niners. This matchup was the first career start for Brock Purdy last season, and it was an emphatic performance by him and the Niners offense and the entire team. Blowout win. Purdy made a ton of plays. Immediately showed a strong connection with his weapons, including Christian McCaffrey. So they should have good vibes heading into this week. After dominating at Jacksonville last week, Chase Young had a great debut with the team. Bookending Nick Bosa, that's pretty dangerous. Quickly put the three-game losing streak behind them. And the only downside of last week, Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak came to an end at 17 games. That tied the NFL record, so he didn't break it. They tried to get him a touchdown at the end, didn't work out, but a hat tip to McCaffrey for such an impressive streak. 
and tying the NFL record. For Tampa, discuss the defense, the performance against Will Levis, rookie quarterback. So a good answer for them after getting lit up by Stroud. The previous week, Rashad White again made plays. He's averaging over 100 yards the past four games. Finally got on the board with a win during that stretch. While Mike Evans did drop one touchdown last week, he continues to make plays. And having White do more damage, even if it's as a receiver on the quick pass. And last week was a screen to the flat that he took to the house, like 47 yards. Even if they can't get a ton going on the ground, having White involved the way he's been as a receiver has helped the offense. That said, they've been at 20 points or fewer in four of the past five games. And I would think they're going to need to score to keep up with the Niners this week. Jets face the Bills. I think Chris Consworth was spot on ahead of Sunday Night Football last week in saying the offensive line isn't very good. Receivers behind Garrett Wilson needed to step up. But Jets fans just don't care. They're going to blame Zach Wilson. And the interception at the end of the game didn't help. It was maybe his only bad play of the night. But I agree with Robert Sala. He said Wilson played pretty well. He made some positive throws too at the end of the game. Jump throw. Sidearm no look down the field. Very accurate. They probably could get Resaw more involved more consistently. But yeah, the defense plays at high level. Maybe the best in the league. They beat the Bills in week one on Monday night behind the defense and special teams. And I think Wilson is doing enough that they can win games. And they need other guys to step up, I think. For the Bills, heartbreaking home loss on Monday night. Appeared to have escaped with a win on a field goal miss. In the final seconds, turned out Buffalo had 12 men on the field. And the Broncos got another shot when Willis hit it down the middle the next time. They're now at 5-5, five and five, fired offense coordinator Ken Dorsey. Unfortunate for him, I think he's been made a bit of a scapegoat. Players simply need to play better. The offense has underperformed, though. And we'll see if interim offense coordinator Joe Brady, who was recently a hot name as a head coaching candidate potentially, coordinated the record-breaking LSU offense with Joe Burrow. So I'm anxious to see how they look, especially after not playing well the first game against the Jets offensively. I think we need to see more tempo, more quarterback run potentially for Allen. The Stephon Diggs situation I'm not really sure about with his brother Trayvon Diggs tweeting some not-so-great things about the Bills and how his brother needs to get out of there and how Allen wasn't that great of a quarterback until Stephon got there which I don't think is true at all. Allen basically carried the early Bills teams, including as a rookie, despite what you might hear in the media. But yeah, curious to see how the offense looks now. But defensively, I think Buffalo can maybe make some plays. I like the addition of Rasul Douglas. I might have mentioned last week, but he looks like he's fitting right in to the Bills defense. And they'll look to have some game-changing plays this week. And hopefully the offense could take care of the ball a little better moving forward. The final late afternoon game, Seahawks face the Rams. LA is coming off their bye week. Matthew Stafford ready to go after missing one game due to the thumb injury. Again, need to get Cooper Cup going under 100 yards the past three games combined, which wouldn't have seemed possible before the season. They won the matchup in week one in Seattle, so now they'll play at home and see if they could get to four and six and be somewhat in the mix for the NFC playoffs. The Seahawks' Geno Smith had an excellent second half last week in the win against the Commanders. Over 200 yards, two touchdowns, got the team into field goal position for the game winner by Chase Myers as time expired with two passes to DK Metcalf. We'll see if they can build on that because that connection has been off some. And yeah, Ken Walker broke a big touchdown on a short pass last week. Needed to keep getting him and Zach Charbonnet involved. 
And Seattle can't look ahead, obviously, to the Thanksgiving night matchup against the Niners. Knowing this is a divisional game, Rams are rested, and it comes on the road. Sunday night football, I think most people were not happy when this was kept on Sunday night, when it could have been flexed a few weeks ago. But it's looking like a good one, looking entertaining. Vikings against Broncos. Denver, two straight wins against maybe the best two quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Their previous two games, now at four and five, they're squarely in the IFC playoff picture. Defense has been one of the best in the league the past few games. Come a long way from the 70-point performance against the Dolphins, obviously. Javante Williams has been a workhorse on offense. Russell Wilson, not throwing the ball around a ton, but almost looking like the Seattle Russell Wilson, especially with that throw to Cortland Sutton last week against the Bills. I saw it had the lowest probability of a completion, according to next-gen stats and its history since next-gen stats have been tracking that type of thing. And it's been an impressive comeback for the Broncos after their pretty dreadful start to the year. And the Vikings now 6-4, and four, beat the Saints last week in Josh Dobbs' first start with the team. He ran for a touchdown last week, looks comfortable in Kevin O'Connell's offense, and it's been really impressive to see the way he's played, even dating back to the Cardinals, just joining two new teams and being smart enough and having enough ability to have success the way he has. And we'll see if the Vikings can get Justin Jefferson back to add a bit more on offense. And really right now, they can play to their defense a lot with how aggressive they are. And I think Brian Flores, definitely with the job he's done through 10 games, should get serious head coach consideration this offseason. And then finally, Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. I think right now, most would agree the best two teams in the league, considering their records and their consistency, the 8-1 Eagles against the 7-2 and Chiefs. Both teams coming off their buys. Of course, the big game last year was a classic. Don't need to hype this much at all. Something to watch for Philadelphia is not having Dallas Goddard at tight end. We might see more Julio Jones involved, but I expect them to lean heavily on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Both had big games in the Super Bowl last year in the loss. And for Kansas City, they're always great after the bye under Andy Reid. And that extends not just to the game after the bye, but in recent seasons especially. I guess you could call it their second halves after they have their bye week. I think it's since 2019. They're 25-3, and three, so they'll have a game plan. They had some nice wrinkles in the Super Bowl last year. I expect them to come out with another great game plan for a big matchup looking to get to 8-2 and two ahead of Thanksgiving. Looking ahead to next week, knowing people are going to be traveling and there's an early game on Thanksgiving, obviously 12.30 Eastern between the Lions and Packers. Next week's episode will release earlier than normal, likely by Wednesday evening. If not, then very early Thursday. That said, that'll do it for this week's episode. Enjoy the games. Good primetime matchups this week. Good schedule overall ahead of Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.